if you can dream it, we can help you create it. Welcome to the You Create Podcast, the show that teaches you how to take the power and flexibility of a StepCraft 3D CNC system and turn your ideas into reality. So let your ideas flow, because we want to know, what will you create? Welcome, everyone, to episode 16 of the You Create Podcast. My name is Eric, and I am your host. I want to thank you again for joining us this week. I got a kind of a special episode here for you. Uh, we've got an interview this week with a StepCraft customer and, and friend. Uh, his name is Zach Johns, and he is the owner of UnrealWorks.com, which is a custom drone manufacturing uh, company and, and flying company. They they're, they're pretty innovative. He does a lot of work with the government, with NASA, and with uh, the some corporate uh, development accounts that they use for uh, surveying and things like that. So it's, it's a very, very interesting um, story that he has. He actually uh, started, uh, became a UAV pilot uh, working for the government at the age of 13. So that I found that it kind of blew me away when he told me that. So uh, Zach uh, spent a lot of time with me uh, last night. We actually uh, have two versions of this interview. So it's the full interview, which includes uh, him talking about the drone side of the business, is actually part of another podcast that I host called Drone Vibes. And you could go to drone www.dronevibes vibes.com forward slash zero seven one. And you can hear the complete interview. It's over an hour long. Uh, the first half of it, he talks about uh, his drone business and you know everything that they're doing with drones. And the second half, he talks about Stepcraft and all of the things that he's doing with drones with his CNC. So that's the segment that I'm actually including in this podcast today, uh, being that this podcast is more oriented to the CNC topic. Uh, if you want to listen to the full interview, and I, I highly suggest you do because it was it was a really great interview. Um, you know, please head over to to that Drone Vibes link and you can listen to that episode there. Uh, but what I'm going to play for you here is the part of the interview that talks about uh, the CNC, and it's still over a half an hour long. So there's a, there's a lot of good information, especially if you're interested in talking about carbon fiber uh, cutting and uh, uh, mounting and, you know, a bunch of different tips and tricks. So sit back and relax and I hope you enjoy the interview. So, all right. So let's, uh, let's transition into CNC for a little while here. So that's, okay. that's obviously how we met. I mean, what, what made you, uh, what made you call and, and inquire about Stepcraft and yeah. So, so as a business owner, right. I look at, uh, what is, what's my return of investment, right? And so I had looked at other machines. I'm not going to say their name, but I had looked at other machines and, you know, I had gotten a quote for a basic um, CNC router um, for like nine, well, it was 9,000 without um, the computer. And then with the computer with it, it was like almost 11,000, you know, with some, with their version of software too on it and running. And, you know, it was this massive thing and, and it was just ridiculous. And I said, you know, for what we're doing, I need to do prototyping because if I need to do consumer or mass production, I know people to go to, right? I mean, that's and that's not what I was looking for. I wasn't I wasn't looking for a machine that would just 
run 24 hours a day and, 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 and hold up to that. Well, I, it's crazy. So the Stepcraft machine, when I was looking, I said, man, this thing will, you know, it'll be great. We'll be able to do all kind of prototyping with it. And then the machine looked great, especially at the cost. And then I learned that the machine would do the 3D printing, the drag knife, the, the hot wire cutter, you know, the, it had the end mill, it had all of it. Right. And so I was like, man, this is like super innovative. This is what I want. Um, and you know, by far, bar none. Um, and I will say this because we are big Mac people. This is the best investment we have made, um, in our business was buying that Stepcraft machine. And I truly mean that it has been, it's been a, I would say groundbreaking thing for us because I mean, I didn't expect the machine to withstand the abuse and, and how much use we get out of it, but man, it holds up and it just keeps on ticking. I mean, uh, it's just, it's incredible. Absolutely incredible. I mean, we, we lubricate the, you know, the the linear drive shafts, you know, the, yeah, the the lead screws. Yeah. The lead screws. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we oil all that stuff and, and, you know, I mean, we swap out from 3D printer to the end mill and, you know, and we just keep rocking and rolling. And it, you know, and the great thing is, is that, you know, I brought a technician in. He had never run a CNC machine before in his life. He had never turned on a 3D printer. He had no clue about that stuff. So I told Travis, is his name. I said, Travis, I said, you know, do you want to learn how to run this? And he was like, you'll let me learn this and, he, and you know he saw the screen it was like man this is there's a lot to this you know and he was watching me calibrate it and you know set up the end mill and running it and he was like man this is just way too cool so i spent like literally and i'm not kidding you i probably spent 20 25 minutes with him showing him how to take files that i would draw convert it to a dxf from solidworks and then you know run it through vcarve generate the tool path, right? And then from that, you know, run it into the UCCNC. And, you know, and I showed him how to do all that stuff. Well, I showed him how to run it. You know, I, I would say I probably spent 20 minutes with him, maybe half hour at best. Um, and we were joking around during that time too. And, you know, and I didn't think he really was, you know, going to pick up on it because, you know, it's a lot to learn. Well, you know, lo and behold, I left and I told him I had listed out list of parts that we needed to cut on the machine for that day for another order. And I went out and picked up lunch, came in and ran to the bank and stuff and ran errands and came back and he already cut everything. I mean, he did it all. And I was wow. like, man, this machine's great because the, the software and all that comes with it. I mean, it was really, it's user friendly. Um, you know, and for him, he had never run a machine before. So, for him to be able to do that and for me able to show him, you know, in half an hour, uh, it's been great. You know, we were talking the other day about, um, we were talking about ROI and you'd mentioned you had a, you had a pretty quick, uh, ROI return on investment. Yeah. On machine. Yeah. I'll tell I'll, so I'll tell you the whole story cause I know the other day we didn't really go into it. So we received the machine from you guys on Friday morning. Um, our orders or our shipments come in pretty early and when they did, we said, okay, no problem. And we started building the machine immediately. You know, as soon as it came in, we were like, oh, man, this is going to be great. And so while we were building it, we actually 
that night we had received a phone call. Um, a guy out west had called me and said that he needed a rig for land surveying and mapping. And we already had a vehicle design, and I already had told him. I said, well, you know, I have a vehicle that meets what you're looking for already. We don't have to do a custom, you know, a one-off design for you. So <laughs> we finished the machine Friday night, and by Saturday night, we were cutting out all the carbon. Well, actually, Saturday afternoon-ish. Um, we had cut out, all, cut out all the carbon that we needed, cut out everything, tested all the pieces, everything lined up perfect. Um, and then... Pretty much Saturday, well, all day Sunday, we pretty much put it together. And Monday morning, we did like the finishing touches on it. And we already had the vehicle set up and flying by like Monday afternoon at like 1, 2 o'clock. And so we sent him a video and <laughs> he paid us Monday night. And then, you know, Tuesday, uh, he came and started getting training. So, I mean, that was a really quick return of investment. I mean, it was. Just that one sale covered all of that, plus the materials, labor, and 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 everything else, and we still had profit after that. So wow, that's awesome. What a great story. Yeah, yeah. That's. Um, did you did you see the book that I wrote that uh, was kind of flying around the internet? I I don't know if you download. You probably didn't because you didn't need it. You already have a business, but um, I I wrote a book a couple months ago on uh, how to start a business using a stepcraft system and. We put it out for free to download, and there's so far there's been about five thousand downloads of it. And then we started selling the printed version, and the whole premise of that was just to teach people that it doesn't really matter what you you want to do. If you have an idea, the machine is great for turning your idea into something that you could turn around and sell and start a little part time business. And right, the investment is not that huge, like you said earlier, in comparison oh, to yeah. some other systems that are out there. Yeah, no, I I had. I saw on the website to start your own business with with a stepcraft and all in one system and 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 I had looked at it and we we me and the guys at the shop were like man you know a lot of people could just get into this right I mean it's the machine just runs and runs and runs and it works great you know you're not having to sit there and fiddle and deal with headaches and and deal with problems I mean you just you know we've had I mean we've had great luck you know and you know, and to be honest, you know, yeah, we were taking into consideration of, you know, can we, how quickly could we get a return of investment? You know, how good is the machine and, you know, what all can it do? And, and it meant everything, right? But the main reason why we had chose it was, you know, when I had talked to you on the phone, you know, you were honest and straight shooter with me, you explained everything really well. And you just really helped out, Eric. And I mean, yeah, I you've been, that. yeah, you've been great to us since and and uh we all of us at unreal works we all appreciate your help oh uh, thank you yeah no, yeah no it's my we, pleasure <laughs> yeah we had problems cutting acrylic uh, if you remember yeah. that was a that was a pain if anyone ever wants to cut acrylic i can tell i can teach you cutting acrylic <laughs> we'll have to talk it's, about that in a future yeah. uh segment too because yeah. yeah that's that's definitely it can be a little tricky material yeah. to cut uh, yeah I, i've bought dozens of of different end mills and running them at all different speeds and running them till they break essentially to learn what does what. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we'll, we'll talk, uh, and thank you for the compliment. It was, oh, it was my pleasure to work with you. I, I mean, I love the machine there. It, it's a great company and, uh, you know, the, the factory in Germany, the guys are awesome over there. And 
we've, yeah. you know, it's, it's a pleasure to come to work and, and sell these things every day because I don't lose any sleep knowing that I'm selling something that's not going to hold up or work, you know? And, yeah. uh, so we're, we're working on a lot of training stuff now too. I've got a lot of new videos that we're introducing where we'll actually take you from, you know, opening the program all the way to cutting the material. So they're longer mm. videos, but some people need that. I mean, like you're, you're oh, the guy yeah. that you works with you, he's never done it before. You spent 25 yeah. minutes with him. So, and you know, they really doesn't take much longer than that. So that's, no. you know, it's, it's good. Um, so on when you're, you do a lot of carbon, so how, yeah. how are you do? what are you using for an end mill on carbon you using a diamond bit? So, yeah. So we're using a diamond burr PCB end mill. Um, if anyone's looking for some, um, they are very, they're pretty inexpensive. You can get them on Amazon. Um, I think they're like seven bucks a piece. I think, um, they're pretty, they're, they're really great. We, and we also, by the way, I, I don't know if I told you this, we cut a lot of G10. So if anyone doesn't know what G10 is, G10 is multiple layers of fiberglass. That's essentially like, um, pre-preg carbon plate, you know, so it's nice and glossy and you can get it in multiple colors. Um, if you go on our website, you'll see a system that NASA bought from us and we did orange, right? And it's a bright neon orange that's for safety, um, and that's what, why we did that and also for some visual work. Um, and so we cut G10 and carbon with both the same diamond burr end mill. And we've had great luck and, and, and I'll be more than happy to help anyone that needs some setup tips on how to run that stuff. I mean we use um, – I recommend to anyone that's cutting uh, 1.5 millimeter to 4 millimeter carbon uh, running with – a 1.5 to 1.8 millimeter um, diamond burr end mill. Um, you know, try to stay away. Try to stay away from the cheap ones like on eBay and stuff. I've those break and they're just terrible. They're not sharp. They don't last long. Amazon has a few decent ones. I think they're like seven or ten bucks a piece. I don't know. I mean, we buy them by the dozen. Mm -hmm. It's you know, you cut carbon and then they're done. You know, that's it. There's just you can't. They're very low lifespan. Right. So. So what do you uh, so you and you're using the thinner ones? What are you moving at for uh, to your typical feed and speed and depth per pass when you're doing carbon sheets? Yeah, so we cut two mil carbon full uh, one shot. Uh, we don't do multiple passes. We do one pass, and so we're doing it at I want to say the feed the feed rate for X and Y is uh, twenty. Hold on, I'll do the math. I think it's like 28 millimeters a second, so it ends at, up being at like... full height. Yeah, so that's... Um, yeah, so if you're... So this is the way I tell people. It, I cut 2 mil carbon at that full full depth. Now, I don't have the Proxen end mill. I have the big... What is it? The 500 watt? DHF 500, yeah. Yeah, yeah and that's what I use. Um, and I run that at like 94% um, speed. So I think it's at like 18,000, 18,400, I think is what I have it set at. Um, the math that I did was for that. And I think we're running at 28 millimeters a second. So, um, let's see. Yeah. So it ends up being like 67 inches a minute. Okay. So, so that, yeah, you're running a good clip considering you're taking full, a full pass or one pass on it. That's, that's yeah. impressive. What now? Are you cutting in a water bath, or what are you doing for the carbon dust? 
Um, no. So we're just running the vacuum setup. So okay. we have just the end, the end adapter that you sold us. Sure. The um, sauce adapter. Yeah. Yeah. And then we have a pretty big, we have a rigid shop vac and it, I mean, it's worked great. We don't really have any, we don't have much dust. Um, now we do wash the plate material like after, um, trying to keep them, we try to mitigate a lot of the carbon dust and we wear protective masks and, right. and, and, you know, and stuff. Uh, when the machine is running, so yeah, yeah, we've, I mean, we've, we've had great success with that setup. I mean, that's been our go-to solution. And I mean, I've cut four millimeter um, with a one point seven millimeter diamond burr on my machine, and I'll post a video to whoever wants to see it either I, uh, later. Um, I cut four millimeter carbon plate at with a one point seven millimeter diamond burr. I'll cut that at fifty inches a minute. Mm. Um, at full at full cut, so that's you know, I mean, you're you're getting down with you know four millimeters pretty thick. Yeah, so. yeah, no, that's that's impressive. Well, we I don't myself I don't do a ton of carbon mm-hmm. uh, here anymore, just because you know during the day at the office, it's oh. our our office. We don't have like a workshop area, so it's it's right. not set not conducive to that. But uh, we do more. I've been doing a lot of a lot of wood and uh, a lot of acrylic lately, so we'll have to share oh, acrylic yeah. notes. Um, but uh, yeah, so so carbon is uh, and G10. You definitely the main thing is just make sure you're wearing a mask and have a decent shop vac, and and you should be uh, in good shape. The diamond burr doesn't spread. I mean, the dust is small, and it usually stays yeah. low. It doesn't have a lot of um, yeah. uh, you know bite where it sends the dust airborne. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, the thing we found with it is. Um, running with a diamond burr you're not going to have like huge projectile chunks so it's very fine dust you have to watch the temperature um of the the end mill um that's one thing that we've had to we've tested a lot of and you know and it really just depends on too you know how clean of a cut do you want you know and and there is an art to it and and uh, we'll post a video later of that and i'll show some people some tips and tricks on that stuff but Mm -hmm. yeah now, for listeners that haven't uh, haven't actually used the CNC or seen it, uh, we're talking millimeters and inches per minute. But let's just give an example. Like if you were cutting a 250 size uh, drone frame, uh, racing uh-huh. FPV frame, like the bottom, how how long would you say it would take you to cut that out? Oh man, it would take me probably. I mean, I cut out a, a complete frame, so it's like so. Take a QAV 250 for example, right? So the arms are four millimeter. And the lower and upper plates are like two millimeter. So the arms I could cut out in probably, I would say, eight minutes, you know, and then the upper and lower plates, it'd probably take me four minutes. So I'd probably say 12 to 13 minutes of cut time. Wow. I mean, that's, you know, and that's cutting out a whole QAV 250, you know, arms and top and bottom plate. But yeah. You know, when you, when I think about all these guys that are out there, FPV racing, uh, you know, you talk about ROI. It, it won't take long to pay for yeah. a Stepcraft machine if you're going to make your no, own frames. That's no. for sure. No, the biggest hurdle is, and this is, you know, is not so much the return of investment. It's just that they, you know, guys just, they, they like to go out and go fly, but, you know, they're not going to spend the time to, to fix the design of someone else's, you know, quick CAD model that they did. And so, you know, and that's the thing, right? You know, with our, with our frames, I mean, I've got a, um, a 220 size quad that I cut out the other day 
and I hit a stop sign going like 40 and went over and picked the vehicle up and put new props on it and kept flying, right? And that's because there was multiple iterations and it just takes the abuse. And it's, you know, and I, to me, honestly, I mean, if I was an FPV racing guy, I would totally buy a Stepcraft and use it. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, that's, that's for sure. It's definitely a lot of use for Qu- question. What, um, uh-huh. on your carbon where, I mean, can you share where you're getting it or are you buying it from like a wholesale source or cause that's a common yeah. question I get a lot. Oh yeah. Um, so I avoid, if you go to Google and you type in carbon plate, the first like 10 people that show up on there, I avoid them, right? Okay. Because they are so expensive. Um, and the other thing I'm going to tell all the listeners is, is be careful. I've ordered, um, carbon through the U S through a U.S. distributor. And the person said, Oh yeah, we have a, a manufacturing warehouse, you know, out in Nevada. And I was like, Oh, okay, great. So it's all American made carbon. Right. And so that's what I was under the assumption of. And so I had ordered, um, uh, now, I, granted, I order big sheets of carbon at a time. So I ordered a four-foot by six-foot sheet. Okay, so that's a big sheet of carbon. Um, and that was a two-millimeter thick plate. And then I had ordered um, a three-millimeter in a four-foot by two-foot section. So for three-millimeters, great for, you know, FPV arms, right? So I had ordered this stuff, and I was like, oh, this is great. You know, it was a good price. Um, it was cheaper than what I was getting wholesale from the place that I'm getting now. And I was like, okay, we'll try it out. So we cut it and everything seemed fine. And then when I started cutting stuff, the smell was different, right? And when you cut G10, it has a different aroma, I'll say. Right. Fiberglass, Uh, yeah. Yeah, the fiberglass, it burns and it smells different. Um, and carbon, it's odorless. It really is. Cutting carbon doesn't have much of an odor, and that's the scary part. Right. Um, G10, it does have a smell, no matter if you cut it perfect or if you cut it too slow and it gets hot. It has a smell. Well, the thing is is that I could smell it a little, right? And I was like, this is weird. Well, we had cut parts out, and, and everything seemed fine. We had made some some small quad frames um for some for uh some testing that we were going to do some new motors and i said man this doesn't this this carbon doesn't seem right you know i'm like something's not right and so come to find out what the chinese and, and and others are doing is they're putting a layer of carbon they're stacking g10 and then putting another layer of carbon well and they're doing it so well that the edges that the when the pre when they when they make it and they and they put it in the autoclave to bake it and you know it's compressed they're folding the edges over so you can't even see it if you look at the edges of it wow and so that's like one of the biggest things that i'm going to tell all the listeners out there is be careful the carbon where you buy it from because and nine times out of ten if it comes from overseas i guarantee it it has some layer of g10 in there somewhere and it's because they're trying to cut cost of the carbon you know cloth yep and so yeah so that's a big thing to be concerned with so people be careful you know buy, buying stuff from overseas you know, the, carbon plate the big problem with uh, carbon is it, it is expensive and and if you don't know what you're doing oh, yeah. when you're cutting out parts you end up with a lot of waste that you can't Re, uh, yeah. reuse so we've been using uh i've been i kind of fell in love with the the auto nesting tool in uh, v carve pro and 
uh, you know, where you can cut yeah. out multiple parts and it, it minimizes the waste for you. So that's been, yeah. that's been invaluable. Um, yeah. We, we actually, we've been doing the, the same thing with V cause that's what we use for our, our, you know, our cam is VCarve pro desktop. Um, and with the auto nest, man, it just, you just put in all the parts you want and hit, you know, auto and it just moves it all around and it maximizes the usage, which is great. And that's what, you know, we have to do obviously as a business to cut costs. And even as a hobbyist, you have to do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, the software side that you guys sold us, you know, the, the software package to run it, it's been great. We, we've loved it. It's been, and I recommend it to everyone that I talk to. Yeah. Wait, this is funny. I just got, you talk about like timing on things. I just got a text message from another uh, Stepcraft customer. He's in Hawaii. And uh, so we always call him Hawaiian Brian because I don't have too many uh-huh. Hawaiian customers. Oh, yeah. And uh, he's in the military out there. And uh-huh. uh, so he bought a he bought a machine from us and he, he just emailed me a question. I'm going to let you answer it. He says, what's the best way to hold down carbon fiber when you cut through it? Okay. So I just, how timely is that? You know, (laughs) talking about it. That's great. What are you doing for, for holding your material down? So text them and ask them what plate thickness. Okay. And I'll tell you, and I'll tell you my, my secret sauce to this in a second. All right. Yeah. We'll see if he comes, how quickly he comes back to me, but. Oh, I'm um, sure, I'm sure he will. Yeah, hopefully. And yeah, I think he's going to be surprised that I'm even answering his, uh, his text at seven, three millimeter. Okay. (laughs) That was quick. Okay. Yeah. I knew he would. (laughs) I I had a gut feeling. Okay. So with three mil, you're okay. Um, what we do is you prep the back of the material. Um, and everyone, I'll tell you this, and, and this is a, this is a real easy way to do this. Um, a lot of people will screw the plate material down. But what I do is we use quarter-inch MDF as the base. And then, um, depending on what machine he has, what we do is we have quarter-inch MDF, and then we layer the carbon on – you set the carbon on top. But what I do is I clean the back of the carbon, and I clean off the MDF the best that I can um, with a wet rag and try to – just try to get all the little dust off. Um, And then what we use is we use the 3M Super 77 spray, okay? And – Try to get it so it's on the MDF um, centered and, you know, so it's tried and true because I don't know how big of a piece of material he's using. And I don't screw it down at all, and I cut out all the parts, and then they pop right out. Um, And the glue on the back of it just holds it down lightly in place. You don't have to put an absolute ton on it. Just put spray it on, cover the whole thing, lay it on there. And what I do is I take other layer, other sheets of MDF that we have and stack it on top, so it gets a really good bond, and that's the way we do it. And so you let it sit for a few minutes, and then go ahead and start cutting. Yeah, I let it sit for you know most of the time. Whenever I prep a sheet of carbon, and I stack all the other sheets on top, most of the time I'm changing out the end mill while it's drying, and then I'm you know cleaning off the machine, making sure the the vacuum's working, making sure that the, the exhaust adapter piece is cleaned out and it's ready you know i make sure that i have all the cad files ready and by the time i'm all done all i do is i uh travis or myself we pick up pick up the sheet you know put it in the machine and just you know we put the uh, holders down on it and and off you're up and running that's it i mean it's quick i'll have to uh i'll cut this segment of the the interview out and i'll email, i'll text it to him so he can hear it yeah uh, yeah so you said it depends on the thickness now what is yeah. do you say something different for thicker or thinner yeah so 
thinner, it's fine. Um, up to four mil, um, we do the spray. Now, the thing is, when you get above four mil that I've noticed is I have to bolt it down. Okay. Uh, and the reason for that is because when an end mill spins at 20,000 RPM, you know this, but I'm going to tell the, the viewers or the listeners this, um, that, that the tip of the end mill does diverge, right? So, and, and it, it will move because it's not, it has some length to it, right? And so it is somewhat flexible. And now you could put it in the end mill and you can move it and you're like, oh, this doesn't move. It does. And it's very, very little. Um, and so what happens is when you cut through what I found, like five or six mil carbon plate that we've cut, is that it loosens up the part because it shakes quite a bit. Right. And it's like a it's a really high frequency shake that you really don't – it's not shaking the machine. It's just a really high – it's almost like a high frequency vibration. Um, it's color induced. Yeah, it's yeah, exactly. So it's almost like a chatter that you would see, but you can't see it uh, if that makes sense. Yep. And so, and, and that's where we kind of limit ourselves is to the four mil. I mean, that's, I mean, f- we've cut five and six and six is where we saw it, but we just say five and six, we usually bolt it or screw it together. Now what we do, and I'll tell you this is on V carve, we set up holes, um, and parts that we know that we're going to use to bolt it down with. Yep. And for like, for example, if you were to cut out a 250 mil, uh, a 250 quad arm, and it's going to be at a five millimeter. What I do is that center hole where the motor, you know, for like the bottom of the motor is going to sit where that C-clip is. That's the first hole that I cut. And then I, you know, we bag the board or we bag the carbon down too. We use like lead weighted bags. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can, and I will do a, we'll do a segment with Stepcraft on this too. And what we do is that piece that it cut out, you know, we pull out the, the rest of the piece of the carbon. Then we put a screw in it. And that screw is going to hold that piece of material there where we want it while we're cutting. Um, and we've had some of it diverge, you know, where we've had to say, oh, well, that's a crappy part. Can't use that one. You know, it shifted on its own because we didn't have it tight enough or whatever. And that does happen. Um, and you can still use a little bit of glue to help hold it. I mean, that we always put a little bit of glue, but don't depend on it is what yeah. I'm trying to say. Yeah. So. We, uh, we've used, um, one trick, my trick, and, and I'm going to try the 3M glue. I, I surprisingly, I've never, I've never done that. Um, but I am going to try that this week. I, we use, uh, masking tape, two inch masking tape, and you actually clean off the bottom, same thing, clean off the bottom Mm -hmm. of the carbon, clean off the, uh, the MDF and tape down masking tape, two inches wide across the bottom. And then in the center, so you're going to line up the the two inch strips, right? You're going to have one tape down and one taped up, Uh, a tiny bead of super glue. And and then when you, when you adhere it down, um, it's, it works awesome. And the nice thing is, is that it's blue painters tape. So it's, you can't move the material, but you could peel it off nice and easy without any residue. So that, that tends to work really well too. Yeah. And the other thing too, I forgot to mention to your buddy is with carbon or G10, you can't use like acetone, um, to get the glue off. I mean, you can, but you can't soak it in it. Right. Right. So I'll tell you this, and this is this little secret sauce is go to the store, uh, like Walmart or your local automotive parts store, and buy non-chlorinated brake part cleaner. And do not buy the 3M brand, even though everyone's like, you use 3M glue, why don't you use the 3M brand? 
uh, brake part cleaner, the 3M brand has another chemical that leaves residue, uh, a super thin film residue on parts. But if you use non-chlorinated, get the cheap stuff, uh, we use CRC is the brand that we use. And you just take that stuff, spray it on a rag, and wipe off the glue off the back, and the carbon is just shiny as hell. I mean, it looks beautiful. Oh, that's a great and, trick. And, yeah, and it's real easy. Um, I mean, I've cut out um, two-foot by three-foot sheets of carbon um, with tons and tons and tons of parts. And I mean and I mean tons and tons of parts. And, I mean, it was a full bed full of parts. And Travis has cleaned them and prepped them and, and me and him both did it and i mean it only took us probably 25 minutes to half an hour to cl- clean the parts and prep them and make them perfect you know and it's a great way to do it i mean that's that's a little you know trick of the trade yeah that's that's awesome wow this interview took uh took a lot of different twists and turns so that's that's pretty awesome yeah uh, for for everybody out there um on drone vibes i mean i i, I know the second half of this was more cnc related but you know that the, it's definitely as it pertains to drones, and I know more and more uh, drone-related companies and and hobbyists are are calling all the time asking about RC and C systems because it just it's a natural fit, right? You know, so um, we'll we'll have to get together and do a segment on uh, on acrylic, I think, next because that's oh, yeah. I've I've got my uh, my take on that too, but uh, I'm I'd be I'm really interested to hear what you, what you have to say uh, and oh, how you yeah. guys managed it. But, yep. uh, yeah, so, I mean, we're, we're up over an hour now and I, I was, uh, I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you taking the time to, uh, to talk with me today and, and do this interview and talk about your business. Um, I'd oh, love yeah. to have you back on to talk about maybe some very specific stuff, um, as, as your, your time allows and, and as there's projects you can freely talk about. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. I'd love to, we like to share as much as we can with everyone and, and tell them about what we're doing and and uh some of the new things that we're working on especially some of the new technology stuff um and right now we're working on a new product line that'll be out soon and um you know this last year we we introduced a uh a research system for researchers you know for people that don't want to use a matrice but they want something else that's what we were going for cool um so it's a super payload agnostic vehicle that adapts really well to just about anything, right? So right now we're flying it with a Velodyne uh, Puck LiDAR um, is one of them. Uh, and you guys can see on my website um, some of the um, object detection and classification projects that NASA's using it for. And, man, there's so many projects they're using them for. I mean, it's great, you know. Yeah, so. yeah, it's pretty exciting. I mean, you're definitely hitting a segment of the market that I'm sure a lot of the listeners probably didn't even realize you know, was a oh, viable yeah. segment, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's a pretty awesome story starting with, uh, working for the government at 13 and now, you know, working with NASA and yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's awesome. I mean, congratulations yeah. on yeah. your business and everything. That's, that's amazing. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. So if uh, anybody, any of our listeners want to get a hold of you, how, how do they go about doing that? Where, where can you be found? Yeah, they can go to our website. It's, uh, unreal works. It's, uh, U N R E A L worx.com um and you can go on there and hit the contact us um and you can give me a phone call or shoot me an email and my email is zach it's z z a k um 
at unrealworks.com. And you can shoot me an email if you have any questions or anything. Um, feel free to call me at any time. I always have my phone. Um, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm always, I'm always open to help anyone. So if you ever need anything, just feel free to call. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, thank you uh, again for your time tonight. And, uh, I, uh, I'm excited to get this, uh, this interview out there live. Oh yeah. I'm, I, I'm glad uh, I got to sit down and talk with you. Yeah. I appreciate it very much. We'll look forward to talking to you again real soon. Yep. All right. Thanks, Eric. Thanks, Zach. All right, everybody. I hope you enjoyed that interview. I didn't lie. Zach is a great guy. Uh, there was a lot of good information in there, and I'm looking forward to having him back on uh, the podcast to talk a little bit more. I know we're going to uh, have a follow-up where we talk about cutting acrylic and things like that, so we're excited about that. Uh, anyway, if you want to check him out, uh, he told you how to get there. Go to unrealworks.com. And for the show notes for this episode, please visit youcreatepodcast.com forward slash 016. See you next time.